You were locked in to hour two of RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Listen, we are live, baby. We are live. And, you know, hour two, we are going to continue to get into some things. I have a guest live in the studio. Chell, listen. If you're not following her. If you're not following me, you need to follow me now. What's your social media? You got to. Okay. If you want to laugh, go to Twitter. B zero M B C H E L L with an underscore. So that's bombshell, but with a zero. With a zero. And the underscore is so annoying because when I created the account, I had to add it. Somebody has the username already. So, and then if you want to go to Instagram, obviously you're going to go to the same name. B zero M B C H E L L bombshell with a zero. No underscore. Cause yeah. It works out. <laughs> so that's just a little break. Um, so hour two, as always, we have a lot to get into. We're going to talk about Rick Ross and what it means as a man to have a woman rest in her power. Like in theory, I think that makes sense. How old is she? Let's start there. Let's start with the basics. How old is she? Twenty seven. She's twenty seven. How is Rick Ross? Uh, let, let's. That's a good question. Probably forty seven. <laughs> is he? Uh, he's about forty seven, uh, if not fifty. He's not 50 yet. Okay, how old is 47. he? 47. He's 47. He, he will be 48 next month. He is 10 years her senior, correct? No. You said she's 27. Mm-hmm. And it, he is 47. Oh, my God. He's 20 years her senior. Yeah. So, of course, he is feeding her these things like, you are you about to rest in your power? She's literally a baby. So, well, okay. So, the, we're going to take a time. Let me, let me set this up really quickly. Okay. So... Rick Ross, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like she posted a photo. Her name is Christina Mackey. They mm-hmm. were hugged up outside a private jet, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people thought Rick was dating someone else, comedian Pretty V. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before that, he he's been seen with a lot of people, lots of beautiful women, a lot of beautiful women. Um, and one thing I like about Rick Ross, he seems to at least while they're together, mm-hmm. invest in his. Which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Which right. is amazing. Um, and he seems to encourage his woman to boss up. He seems to like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she said, use us as motivation. I think that you are probably putting a target on your back mm-hmm. saying that these days, especially mm-hmm. with someone who flips relationships mm-hmm. quickly. But, mm-hmm. hey, do you? You're feeling it. You're mm-hmm. in motion, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um. I will say, though, that the things that she is saying very much sound like, you know how Rick Ross speaks? Rick Ross speaks in cinematic mm-hmm, thoughts to mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. Like, when I hear Rick Ross talk, it sounds like a score, a voiceover, yes. right? And some of it sounds very much like game. Mm-hmm. Like, just he's running game. Mm-hmm. And her statement sounds like some game that he has run to her mm-hmm. that she's regurgitating, mm-hmm. right? But, uh, I mean, I'm not mad at her for it, but I just caution. This is what she said. I can tell by a lot of the comments on my page that y'all have never had a man keep you in your power. Mm. Y'all have never had a man give you reassurance. You mm. didn't even know you needed. Mm. You don't got too much consistency going on. Mm. I can tell. Mm. She also said, y'all don't like to see nobody winning. Y'all don't Mm. like to see nobody happy. And a little bit of that is true. 
about the winning and happy things. Sometimes people can be bitter on social Correct. media. Correct. Very picky picky. But what does she mean by that you've never had a man keep you in your power? Girl, you never had a man keep you <laughs> in your power. You're literally 26. So, of course, if you're dating somebody like Rick Ross that has the type of status he has and, like you said, cinematic thoughts, I mean, he'd probably be calling her in the morning with all kind of perfect day to boss up, get up quick. You know right. what I'm saying? It's like, a perfect day to boss up. You have a beautiful future and behind you. Exactly. Da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? So it's like she probably feels like she could now – I get – theoretically what she's saying because now you have a man that is a leader that is protecting providing and professing so now you can stand in your power as a woman you don't have to always be like so hard body you know what i'm saying like i guess her soft life that she's saying that she's now into she can enter her feminine era whatever but i think that's what she's trying to say but if you look at the details of the whole relationship, like you said, it looks like something that she is being fed because like you said there's a very high turnover rate with his dating so it's like girl Get what you can. If I was a young girl, 26, I got Rick Ross, you wouldn't hear none of that online. Girl, I would be collecting, doing what I need to do to build my personal brand, and I would be getting on on him. I mean, but isn't that why they say youth is wasted on the young? And they don't mean like that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's this. It's like on one hand, naturally, you 27 years old, you mm-hmm. with the biggest boss. Mm-hmm. Of course you want to floss. Mm-hmm. Of course you want to, you know, say nanny, nanny, boo-boo. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just, I always look at, and again, it can be different for everyone, but I always look at the way that someone exits a relationship. Absolutely. And the things that they do and how they carry people because that could easily be you. Yep. The swiftness, the silence, the darts, whatever it is, that could be you. Mm -hmm. You know, don't think that just because, and that person may have deserved it, but there's still different ways that you can handle certain things. And I think the way that someone handles a breakup, especially publicly, Mm -hmm. says a great deal Mm -hmm. about them. We're going to see a black screen with letters next. That's going to be the next thing. You know how that go. They break up and then it's like, please respect my privacy. At the time. <laughs> Listen, when we come forward, we're going to have more trending topics and headlines with y'all. More, more, more. Um, Listen, I feel like this story in particular, I can't wait to hear your thoughts oh on. God, I'll let you know Lord. on the other side. You were locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. You were locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. So we were talking a little bit about reality TV, um, the different iterations of it that are coming in. What are your thoughts on Zeus? Girl. (laughs) Because on one hand, there's definitely an audience for what they're pushing. Correct. Right? Huge audience. But I, I actually watched like a couple of episodes Mm -hmm. of I don't know which baddies Mm -hmm. it was Mm -hmm. or or Mm -hmm. whatever right Mm -hmm. and knowing okay Natalie Nunn started off on Mm -hmm. Bad Girls Mm -hmm. Club same formula but it's just like what what is this really that's my question like there's a huge demographic for it because they have one obviously they wouldn't have been as successful as they are now but I I don't understand so I just tell myself maybe I'm just not the demographic you know because back in the day when we watched Bad Girls Club I don't know if you remember but like the 
the premise of the show was for them like to be reformed, you know, like it was like, okay, you know, they're bad girls, but we want them to be better. It wasn't like now with the shows, it's like literally they go in and fight. I'd be like, okay, but what, what is it? Like, what is like the goal? Like what, what is like, I guess they make money. They go to do club appearances and they just fight. But I just be like, what, like what, what's it all about? And because I have trouble understanding it, I just said, maybe it's not my demographic. Cause I know a lot of younger people watch it. No, it definitely is for younger people. I know it's not for me and I, I'm perfectly okay with not everything is for me. Yeah. But I just wonder, you know, just call it fight club. I'm not literally, really sure. Literally. And then I wonder because they're stepping more into the scripted, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. again, to each their own, everybody can watch whatever they want to. And I understand yeah. sometimes you grow out of stuff and sometimes, you know, that, that. But then let me ask you this. Time. People are saying, what's the difference to what he's doing and what Mona Scott did? I, so here's the thing. Not much, but I'll tell you what it is. One, there is at least the appearance of such that we are working towards something really in our business. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. These girls aren't, well, maybe they are on Instagram, but, you know, they aren't starting a candle line. They're not starting a Boss Bay boutique. I haven't seen it. I mean, I know they're trying to do, some of them are trying to do music and they're doing club appearances. I don't know in 2023, do club appearances go up like they did in 2013? I ain't been in the club so long, I wouldn't even be able to tell you. I just, I mean, here's, and again, I understand if it's just to be messy, then to be messy. Yeah, of course. I, there, there's no challenges. No. There's no. We're splitting <laughs> off into teams and see okay. who can get more okay. more people out at the club on the night. Like I just don't yeah. understand. Okay, I don't like you. You looked at me funny. We're just gonna go and in that's the room like and the box. First ten minutes. I, I, I guess that's not even a build up. I don't. You know, I know people disagree, and I know we all like a little bit of the messy. Yeah, but I just don't quite. Yeah, it's, it doesn't do it for me. You know? It doesn't do it for me. And, you know, it's it's just progressing so fast. My only concern about it is, like, the demographic that it does serve, which is younger people. What is this really showing them? And there's not a balance. Because that's another thing, yeah. too. There isn't a balanced side, I feel, of other types of stuff or other options, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I- Love and Hip Hop did have a balance. And, you know, and I feel like that is what's the difference. Something like that. Mm -hmm, You know what I mean? mm -hmm. And I get it. We're more on this tip. But why can't we have a show? You got this, the baddies going on and on. Mm -hmm. Why can't we have a show where, okay, we got the baddies. Who's going to be their wranglers? Who's going to be the managers and Mm -hmm. publicists Mm -hmm. that can take charge Mm -hmm. and take control of these situations Mm -hmm. and get them some bookings? Let's have a show that's standing on business. We're going to retire that next year. But uh, there's another contention for top story of the year. T.I. snatching up King. (laughs) That is a definite contender because that was crazy. That was crazy. That was like, I need the reality show back. I used to love Family Hustle. Me too. But here's the thing. A lot of people were mad, but I feel like you can have your thoughts about T.I. T.I. and Tiny as a couple, Mm -hmm. some of the other things. And of course, I don't believe that he's perfect, but I feel like that is what you want a father to do. Exactly. He didn't dress him down. 
No. He was like, son, you know, da 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 still yeah. trying to keep it uh-huh. lighthearted. But he stood in there, you know, mm-hmm. as a man mm-hmm. without, I feel like, too much until, you know, it got a little bit, yeah. a little rough. Yeah. But, and even that, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. I just feel like as a father, we talk a lot about wanting active fathers. And I feel like that's what he did in that it was, moment. It was active in that moment, for sure. For sure. I mean, people might have felt like he was embarrassing him, but it was like he was continuing to embarrass himself. He was so, embarrassing his parents. Exactly. So it's kind of like, let me stop you before you go farther, because on top of that, like if he would have continued on, he might have started giving up some information we ain't know. And then it's like, oh, it's my, I got to protect my money, everything going on. Like you gonna have to be quiet. So what do you think? I, I talked about this a little bit. We heard the debut of Northwest. It's Miss Westie. Uh-huh. Did, did, did yeah. your bestie. Obviously, Blue Ivy's a Grammy yeah. winner, right? Um, we see a lot of celebrities, children, more so in the forefront than we have mm-hmm. in years past. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts behind it? And do you think that it... Um, it's going to end up with the wrong connotations just because... I. People are mean. Yep. And I know you can't really protect children and they have to grow up in Mm -hmm. the real world. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of young talent. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I'm just like, do you really, really, really want them at this age? I don't I don't agree with it. I think that, you know, you I still believe no matter if your parents are in the industry and forefront, I feel like kids should just be kids. That's pertaining to like North. Now, what Beyonce is doing, if you watch the documentary, have you seen it? I've seen, um, well, no, I haven't seen it. I saw the scene where she was like, thank you, Blue, you know. Well, she was saying, like, she said she at Blue Axe, and then she was like, I told her, like, if you prove yourself and you really work hard, you can do one show, you know, but then, you know, and then she said as they were going up, she said she looked back and seen Blue, and then she said in her mind, she was like, I'm nervous, so I know my baby is nervous. She said, and I started thinking like, oh, my God, what if I allowed her to do? But she she proved herself, and she worked hard, and she, she you know, take the, took the criticism and went even further. I don't get that same, that's what, like, North is doing. I feel like they're just, like, letting her, like, do whatever. But I, I also see on the flip side of that is I feel like North seems – naturally as far as her personality yeah to just love the camera in that which she seems like and you were probably a child like this in some ways i'm i'm sure i was too just like liking the camera but i there's feel some like star quality there, there. Some star quality mm-hmm. there but i just worry about them being exposed to too much like recently north was on stage and like new body was playing with the profanity like the the lyrical yeah content. that was when she performed her song yeah it's that's what i'm like so we just the days of like just trying to shield your child from like certain things or topics is just not there anymore i see kids around exposed listening to dancing to all kind of things now and i'm just like my mind goes to like what's gonna happen in like in the future when these kids are older these new kids not even celebrities like you know i feel like when we were younger it was just more of like like more of a guideline you know like we weren't able to just listen boundaries exactly listen to everything do everything these kids are do you know what's interesting about that like some people point to the fact that kanye was very adamant and upset about kim allowing north to be on tiktok correct but at the same time he has her on stage with these lyrics all men and it's yeah and so 
do you think it's a case of just, you know, people thinking, well, I mean, to a degree, I suppose it's true. I can explain this to my child. They're with me. I can guide them through okay, this. Okay, okay. If I I'm, see you know, that. if they're experiencing this with me and I can kind of say, hey, yeah. this is that. That part is not good, but you'll hear that. But as opposed to just, you know, people have their phones up. So it's very hypocritical because you don't want her be on TikTok. But now everybody that was at, um, was it Art Basil? Mm-hmm. They had their phones up recording this. So it's like, is it Uchi Wally or one mic? Is it's it just control. that you want, it, that's exactly what it is. You took the words out of my control. Exactly. <laughs> now I want Exactly. That's exactly what it is. So, okay, look, I'm giving you a, a little rundown of trending topics. All right. One more before I let you get out of here. There's been a lot of talk and revisiting of old lyrics. Mm -hmm. Most recently, Mm -hmm. there was talk about MC Light's Mm -hmm. lyrics from a song that she came out like in maybe 89 or 90, Mm -hmm. where she was saying something about the the boy 17 wasn't too Mm -hmm. young. There there was commentary from Janelle James's comedy Mm -hmm. special. Abbott Elementary mm-hmm. over jokes she made about her um, own sons. Her son. So, what are your thoughts about re? I mean, Janelle's more recent, but you know, the look back at music or certain things from the past era, and everything is being called grooming, and everyone is said to be allegedly indulging in pedophilia. I mean. I think now in today's time, we're able to put a name to it. And I think in that time, it was just the way it was. You know, it was like, it was kind of almost like a societal norm. Like it wasn't like this grooming, so to speak. And now that we can put a name to it, I think that more people are getting exposed to the foul play that happened back in the day that was happening for years. And that so many people just turned a blind eye to it. I don't, for the life of me, it like to be. I I don't know how MC Light was at the time. Was she an adult? She or was, she was a kid too? about seventeen when she wrote the song. But by the time you know, album cycles and the releases were. So she was writing this as a than, kid. Yeah. If she was a kid, then you at the same age. But if she was like a well-grown adult, it was released when she was about twenty. So. Oh, she wrote it at 17, but yeah. it was released at 20? When she was about 19 or 20. <sighs> See, for me, I guess, but a part of that is I came up in that era, and I know it seems like a cop-out when people say it was of the times. It was different. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. if you look at the culture, not just black culture or hip-hop or songs, if you look at the... American pop culture mm-hmm. in the 80s or 90s, mm-hmm. there was a blurred line between teens and young adults, yeah. I feel. A lot of the music, rock, mm-hmm. not just hip-hop, was about, you know, these weird relationship things and mm-hmm. this, you know, desire for us to feel older mm-hmm. or to do older things. Mm-hmm. And it kind of was acceptable, you know. Girls mature faster than boys, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a freshman girl could date a senior guy Mm -hmm. because, you know, you're supposed Mm -hmm. to be like, Mm -hmm. but it's not quite that way now. So I think that there to a degree, not everything, Mm -hmm. but certain things, there is something to it was of the times, because if you even think about, um, 
you know, TV shows from that era, it was always a joke about, you know, somebody chasing the other, you know, an older woman. Mm -hmm. A lot of the next door neighbors or classmates were nerdy guys that Mm -hmm. were persistent. Like, Mm -hmm. in theory, that behavior is inappropriate. Absolutely. And it's stalking. But it was funny and it was comedy and it was a trope. Yeah. And so I, I think that in some ways, you know, we understood at least parts of it Mm -hmm. but you know when you know better you do better and so it's a different time now Mm -hmm. and there's a a correction and yeah it wasn't how it was but I don't know exactly sometimes like what do you want to have done to MC Light because she wrote these lyrics yeah 30 years ago I guess they would love her to be locked up in jail I guess I I just I think that it's a bit excessive and and too much I think it's not fair well Twitter will find anything they will find something you wrote 50 years ago and you're like oh and then it's like it it was was crazy we're not even crazy. What's interesting about Twitter is like nobody was even talking about MC. Like somebody, one person just happened to like want to know that, like dig this up and then post it and then it go viral. So it's just like artists and people, celebrities in general, have to be very careful. Aside from it personally being a lot, y'all have to be careful. Like people still talk about Biggie's lyric about. <laughs> the, There's nothing you can do exactly. though. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's like. I think people on Twitter just want to like raise an awareness, but then they have like no actual like plan. plan of action. It's just like, oh, let's expose this and then like let's talk about it. And then if something happens, great. But if not, the next topic will be up. Okay, so we have thirty seconds. Tell me about your podcast and remind oh. us again where we can find you. Yes, so thirty seconds, really quick. I have a podcast that I just launched called Girl Don't Text Him. Um, it will be amazing. It is so when people when I posted it, people were like, Oh, it's another dating podcast and it's not true. Girl Don't Text Him is a metaphor, right? It's like a metaphor of using it as an implication of doing things that no longer set us back, right? So it's just like I'm talking about everything on there, relationships, personal life. I'm being very transparent about self-care, self-love. I just want it to be a conversation as if like you're talking to your friend about advice on things outside of relationships as well. Like, you know, girl, don't text him is like I said, it's a metaphor because you're doing you don't do anything that, you know, is not going to serve you. Right. So when you talk to your girlfriends and they're like, I'm having a weak moment, I want to talk to this guy. So like, girl, don't text him. So that could be used for anything. Like you're supposed to be going to the gym. Like, you know, what I'm saying like, girl, don't text him. Get up and do what you need to do. And it will. The first episodes come out in December and then we're going to move forward until January and so forth and so forth. But also you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, like I said before, bombshell with a zero and that's all I have. I love it. You have to come back. I of course, come back. more on these trending topics and headlines. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you. Thank you. Listen, on the other side, more trending topics, more headlines. I do have a story about a basketball wife defrauding people. Oh. Get into all of that on the other side. Oh. You are locked into RSVP <laughs> with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Welcome back in to RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Shout out to 702, man. Where my girls at was a moment. Still thinking of Irish. Still thinking of Misha and her loss of her mother and her sister at this time. So I want to send her lots of love. Listen, Missy Elliott, as far as female producers go, Andy, you would be the person to know this, to ask. 
what other female producers would you put up there with Missy? Because I really, I mean, I know that there are a few that have had stuff, but I don't really know. I don't, like, seriously. I don't view Missy as a producer. You don't? At all. Really? Even what though has, the songs that she's produced? What has she what produced? What has she produced? Didn't she produce that? She um, produced Monica, So Gone. Um, she actually made the beat. I believe, I, now, see. executive producer, I can see, but I've never known her to be somebody to make the music. I've known her as a songwriter, obviously, as an artist, but as a producer, no. I, executive producer, yes, but music producer making the music? Let's see, let's see, no. let's see, let's see. Missy Elliott produced songs. Let's see. Let me see, let me see, let me see. The fact that you have to search. Because I don't know for sure. No, I, I don't want to say anything wrong. That's why I'm looking. Like, no, they come up, but I don't want to, I want to make sure that it is matching into what you said, right? Yeah, because even at that time, you know, Timbaland was, you know, the producer, the right, beat but maker. They, but here's the thing. They split at, at a certain point in time as far as working together because of that reason right there. Missy wanted to ensure that you know, she was getting her propers and they kind of had a difference in, um, you know, so what about us total? She, that was one of the songs that she produced. Um, it says, if your girl only knew, I'm going to say that she and Timbaland shared that and she probably produced something on that baby doll, which is one of my favorite Mariah Carey songs signs by Beyonce. Um, well, I didn't like that song, so we're not going to mention that. Get Your Freak On, her own song. Trina, rewind that back. I'm not sure what that is. I don't remember that one. Tweet, Oops, Oh My. That is a song. That is a jam. Do you know what I mean? Maya, My Love Is Like Whoa. Come on. That's nice. Um, you not you not rolling. I'm not vibing because I just never really known her to be a producer like that. So you feel like it's beats. someone else that? Um, I think it's somebody else. Okay. You know what I'm saying? She might have. I've never I've never heard her talk about making a beat. I've never heard her talk about you know uh, the MPC or Fruity Loops or anything like that. Most of the producers, Manny Fresh, Scott Storrs, you know they're playing some sort of keys. They're playing something. I've never. And this is not to deny it. You know what I'm saying? I just never, I didn't grow up looking at her as a fair. producer. That's fair. We wanted to, we want to hear all, input. I, what did I specifically say? So let me ask you, if not her, is there a female producer that you can think of that is put in work? Because I can't. I don't know any female producer. As far as in hip hop or whatever. I mean, obviously Mariah Carey produces some of their things. She produces vocals. But is that someone, do you not consider Mariah Carey a producer? No. Interesting. If if you're not making beats, if I don't know you as a beat maker, it's it's just it's difficult. Now, if you got production credit, salute. But I just, you know, when they talk about the best producers in the game, you don't ever see or ever hear Missy's name in there. I hear songwriter. I hear artist. Uh, you know, visionary. I hear everything else except for a music producer. Okay. But I but I also know that producer is very. Uh, it's a broad term, you know what I mean? Like and DJ I think, Khaled, yeah. I think they call him a producer. Facts. But I don't view him as somebody who makes beats either. I look at him as more of a curator, bringing people together to do songs, but I don't look <coughs> at him as a producer. Excuse me. I think that's a very good point, though, because I think that... 
<coughs> excuse me, to a degree now, beat makers, which used to be the main producers, and now they just kind of regulate them to, you know, he makes the beats, the beat makers, their importance is kind of, for some, lessened. And I think it's because it's easier in a way to produce music. You know, we have more tools, I guess, to produce something that is serviceable. Mm, I don't know if the producers, uh, uh, je ne sais quoi, whatever you want to call it, is lessened. Um, okay, today's producers, yes, because a lot of them lack um, instrumentation skills, if that makes Facts. sense. You no. know what I'm saying? It's easy. You have programs. They don't know the chords. Yeah. They don't know the keys. 100%. All of that. Yeah. So I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But I, <laughs> you don't have a song without a producer. So I don't know. Okay. A lot of the a lot of the producers nowadays now you can you can see them you know doing the whole business thing or whatnot. They're they went from music producer to having their own label so to speak. You see the business aspect of things now with the producers that we grew up with. But these new producers, um, I can see how that could be you know diminished. A little different. So Fahima in the chat, she's going back to our conversation a little bit before she says. In both instances, she's speaking of Janelle James and MC Light. People are really reaching. Janelle James told that joke a while ago on Netflix. I remember the Netflix special. It may have been in poor taste, but not sexual. She said she needed to get a job at the end. And I agree with you. Again, Once again, I think that, you know, comedy, at least as it was, was used to work things out and to take taboo subjects and make them relatable or say the things that, you know, people sometimes think but don't really say out loud. I didn't take the joke, like, again, maybe some people thought it went far, but I thought she was just basically, if I was to boil it down yo your kids grow up fast you turn around they're looking like you know this was my little baby now he's a grown man he needs to get a job and pay some bills around here but again different times kendy in the chat is speaking on our producer conversation he says kanye is the best producer and it's not even close metro comes in at number two kendy man how old are you man i mean cause and you i rock with kanye uh -huh. i rock with kanye his production is up there, but I don't know about being the best producer of all time. I mean, listen, I, Kanye, it, he's up, he's in there in a conversation. He's in the mix, he's right? In the conversation for but sure. But I like you. I mean, here's the thing: you you could throw in if you want to do stuff like that. You, Pharrell, we were talking about the Neptunes earlier. One hundred percent. You know, you could throw in if you want to say from a hip hop perspective, just because of the music aspect. You could throw in someone like Dr. Dre or um, DJ Premier, right? Because of the different sound elements, with even with samples, Premier with the jazz samples and that type of thing, Dre with the G Funk era, you know, kind of defining what the West Coast sound was. I'm also gonna say. Uh to add to the West Coast sound, I'm going to throw in DJ Quick. Oh, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> Best interludes. Listen. I, I'm just saying he doesn't get the love he, as a West Coast right. producer. You know what I'm saying? And, and he then, should. And DJ Battlecat, too. Those are some. Facts. Facts. I love it. Eastsiders. Come on now. That is a jam. Didn't we play that the oh. other night? Oh, yeah. yeah. Daz Dillinger. Okay. See, okay. You know, what's funny is to to the conversation about Missy being a producer, right? 
I I never known Daz to be a producer like that. I've always looked at him as an artist, right? But Tag he's team. been a producer. But but that's what that's what I'm saying. But like, mm-hmm. if you're not tapped in and probably like reading the credits, you wouldn't know that Daz was a producer. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Is. But it's just I I, I want to give Daz his flowers as well too because when you think about All Eyes on Me, Tupac's greatest album, arguably, you know, Daz had a lot of production. On that record, and I don't think he gets the recognition for that. Do you know who produced Ambitions of a Writer? I know you do. I don't know, Dash. Um, no, actually, I think Easy Moby. <laughs> no, who produced it? The reason why I asked is because I just looked this up the other day randomly, and it surprised me. Wait. While I, while I'm talking about that, I mentioned this when we were opening up because you were playing Britney Spears' "Slave" for you. So at the time, the Neptunes were signed to Virgin Records, right? That beat originally was supposed to go to a rapper named Sonia Blade. She was a New York rapper. She recorded the song, right? Because you know we always hear stuff about like. Um, producers giving beats to different people. But at the time, though they did this, it was very different in the early 2000s or whatever, right? Well, one of the things that happened with Sonia was she couldn't clear her name because Sonia Blade is Mortal the Mortal Kombat. Na- exactly. And so the song, the release of it got delayed. She was also signed to Virgin. During that time period, somehow that track made its way to Britney Spears and that's how we go. It was almost a lawsuit over it, crazy whatever, but I just thought that, you know, you played that as random facts about <laughs> Wasn't it. Wasn't Sonya Blade part of like the Rough Riders or some sort of hip hop crew? She was, I can't remember which one. She was an offshoot, like not deep under, but affiliated with. Because that name sounds so familiar, but I can't is there any uh, songs that she has um, that you know people are familiar with? I I can't remember that. Okay. It's terrible. I don't think she really like the name thing really hung her up mm. for a, um, a period of time. Did Devante produce Ambitions of a Writer, or was it Daz? It might have been that Daz, which is why I b- bring it up. It might have been Daz or Quick. Anyway. I'm going to find out because I can't find it right now. Daz Dillinger. Daz did produce it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why, I mean, because I just found out in the other day. I was like, I never knew Daz produced that. And it's crazy because, what was that? That The Tupac movie mm-hmm. with the Tupac lookalike? I forgot his name in real life. Um, I, I, I just oh, like, uh, Demetrius Ship. Exactly. So in that movie, Daz was in the studio with Tupac. So producing All Lives on Me. Shout out to Daz, man. Much love. Yeah. JD, producer. Facts, facts, big produce, big prediction <laughs> thing. But see, here's my, again, so Fahima sent me an article through Twitter and Missy did produce those songs. I'm right. Um, so, to Missy. But I don't know another female and I'm sure there are, but I kind of want to look into that because I never really thought about it, that there's not a lot of female producers as far as hip hop. It's an interesting thing. Kendi is 22. Oh, bless it. I knew it. 
It'll I appreciate I appreciate you tapping in though, because you you've been tapping in fairly regularly. So that means that you rock with us over here. Tell and your I, friends. Tell your friends. Share, and I appreciate that you rock with the Kanye online community. But share your friends. You know, we have a lot of exchange. We have things that we can get into. Um, Fahima also says, yeah, you are correct about Missy. She talks about it in a billboard article. I just sent you on Twitter, DM'd you. So there's a billboard article that gets into some of Missy's other production songs. But I feel like that is one of the reasons why she ended up in the, well, no, the hip, um, in the rock and roll hall of fame before some as the first female rapper, because there are other female rappers that in theory, should just on a performance level go in before her because of, you know, what they have laid the ground for. And I'm sure she would even agree with that sentiment. But for her contributions to hip hop as far as artists, pen game, production, and then, you know, bringing up others, I think that that has a lot to do with it. Well, Missy, if you're listening, I'd love to... I don't know if it's an interview, a documentary or something. I'd love to see you talk about your production and just, you know, what type of instruments, what type of technology you use, because I think that would be inspirational considering the fact that, you know, we're trying to figure out if there's any other female producers out there. I think that would be an inspiration for, for women out there. I think so as well. I know that they're like, I guess you think of, um, or is she just a songwriter? Sid from the internet, is she just a songwriter or does she produce as well? I'm not too sure. I'm not either. Now, I do know that there's a lot of female DJs. Yeah. Which, you know, DJs and producers are pretty much, you know, in close proximity together. So, you know, shout out to the female DJs out there. But I would like to hear a lot more from, from Missy herself about, you know, her produced records. Her production thing, yeah. I agree with that. Um and I think, you know, it's encouraging because we, we hear a lot as far as women in hip-hop that are either, you know, in front of the mic and sexualized or however you want to do it. Um, we see a lot of publicists and things of that nature. I would like to see some on, you know, on the backside putting in beats, putting in just, you know, we also have songwriters, but I would love to see that. I think that there's probably a lot of talented women that could show, um, should be showcased. There was this show on Netflix. I'm pretty sure you remember. Um, it was T.I., Cardi B. I want to say Snoop Dogg. Do you remember? I, I do. Do you remember in June, like one of my first guests that we had on, we had on T. Mills, Tiffany Mills. She was a showrunner and a producer. That was one of her shows. Really? We talked briefly about that. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Tiffany Mills, go talk to your producers, your executives or something. Y'all need to create a Netflix show about music producers. I think that would be so dope. Outside of, you know, the next hip-hop artist, mm -hmm. we're looking for the next hottest producer. I, I mean, I think so, too. And I think as, you know, we're kind of discussing it, I, I think that people end up being producers sometimes by default. Like, they may want to be an artist or they don't necessarily have all the things. I don't know if as many, I'm talking about women, set out to say, I want to be a music producer. Yeah, I don't hear that too much. So, I, I think that that would be an interesting thing. I would like, I would like to see it. Get, make it go. When we come forward, we're going to get into more trending topics and headlines. You were locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Hey, keeping you informed, entertained, and always ahead of the curve. Ahead of the curve. Hey. This is RSVP with Jill Monroe on KBLA Talk 1580. 1580. 
you are locked in to RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. So listen, remember last month when there was drama at the Tamar Braxton concert with Krishan Rock and one of her background singers allegedly got hit by Krishan and there was talks of filing charges and dentist visits and her promoter that put the show together came out and spoke about how, you know, Krishan was just a mess and all of these things, right? Well... Earlier tonight, about six hours ago, Tamar posted on Twitter, and I'm sure Instagram as well, I can't wait to see you on my Tamar, I don't know what her name, Tamartians? I think that's what her stand base name is. Friends, tickets are on sale right now and they're going fast. There's also some meet and greets, so it's footage from her Love and War 10 tour part two. LaTroy, who was her friend and the promoter, proceeds to repost it and say, I asked privately. Now I'm asking publicly. Please take down the footage. I paid for the camera crew to shoot and edit. You refused to reimburse me and I offered. You cannot continue to do whatever you want to people. I own this footage and edit. You and you... This is bad grammar. Basically, he wants her to take the stuff down. What is going on that Tamar continues to be surrounded by such drama? Did she make the mistake in who she hired to promote it? Is she just making mistakes as far as still her actions? I feel like we got to figure this out because Tamar is talented, but all of the foolishness just kind of... I don't know, man. At some point, and I know she's accepted responsibility for some certain things and has been accountable, but sometimes you got to wonder, baby, is it you? And I like Tamar, so I'm not saying it is. I'm just simply asking a question. When we come forward, we're going to get into more trending topics and headlines. We're going to get into this story about the Facebook exec that embezzled $4 million for a lavish lifestyle. And yes, she's a black woman. I'm sorry. And of course, we have our interviews coming up next hour from American Fiction, The Color Purple, and Mary to Med. All that and more. You're locked in to RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580.